Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. The message in my inbox from Corey Spence, our administrative assistant, was very straightforward. A colleague was asking that I call him, please, to discuss, quote, the improper use of one of your sermons. Last year, for what I believe to be the first time ever, two of my Unitarian Universalist colleagues had to leave the ministry because of plagiarism. The unraveling was stunning. In the first case, a visitor recognized a sermon they had heard preached elsewhere. In the second case, a minister looking for a poem he had used in a sermon Googled it, only to have another colleague's sermon come up, or rather, his sermon came up attributed to another colleague. He read his own words almost word for word in amazement. My favorite line of his was, hey, wait a minute, that's my wife, that's my dog. (laughs) Making bad matters worse, both independently denied the deed, which turns out perhaps not surprisingly to be a series of deeds. One of my closest friends was called in to mediate the morass. I loved that in a lighter moment, she only half-jokingly expressed offense that the plagiarizers had only lifted sermons by straight white men. I called her when the news came in about my work being copied, a hit for the home team. We experienced a moment's pride. Then the reality set in. I called the colleague who sent the email. Apparently, a visitor to Arlington Street from another state also visited another church in yet another state. Imagine her surprise to hear the same sermon twice. Years ago, I asked my mentor and friend, Reverend Jim Robinson, what he was preaching about the next morning. It's always the same sermon, he answered. I'm positive that this is not what he had in mind. (laughs) It got ugly when the colleague who copied my sermon was called to account for himself. Despite the fact that he never attributed my work to me, he didn't think he'd done anything wrong. Obviously, this reflects very badly on him, but if it ended there, I doubt anyone would really care. It reflects badly on the profession, to say the least and what should concern us most is how it affected the parishioner who called him out. My plagiarizing colleague is in a lot of trouble. He has broken covenant with his colleagues and his people, but he also is in trouble with himself. Clearly, he needs help. After a series of phone calls, here's where this stands. If I agree to make a formal complaint, He will be effectively shunned, and his career in our ministry will be irrevocably ruined. 
If I don't make a formal complaint, or at least threaten to make a formal complaint, he will have been enabled to slip through the cracks, avoiding facing the fact that he desperately needs help. And for now, as long as he remains at large, people are going to feel betrayed, and he will effectively be given an open invitation to continue to disrespect himself and perhaps to cry for help while no one responds. What would you do? Operators are standing by. <laughs> Years ago, he preached a sermon in which he properly attributed a quote to Dr. Samuel H. Miller, former dean at Harvard Divinity School. He wrote, I avow these elegant words, and these are Miller's words, only one religion counts today, and that is the religion which is radical enough to engage in the world's basic troubles. If it cannot do that, then it can do nothing which merits our concern or the world's respect. Engaging in the world's basic troubles includes making hard decisions. The theme of this morning's service is taken from what is largely attributed to a proverb originating in Africa. It takes a village to raise a child. Since I've been speaking of attribution and not, I want to tuck a footnote right into the body of the text here to say that in Lonyoro, there's a proverb that translates to, a child does not grow up only in a single home. In Kihaya, they say, a child belongs not to one parent or home. In both Kajita and Kiswahili, they say that regardless of a child's biological parents, its upbringing belongs to the community. Just so we all know that neither the proverb, it takes a village, nor its source, is entirely accurate. That said, in my own experience, it takes a community to make difficult decisions. Decisions that will affect our individual and collective well-being and the well-being of our individual and collective mind, heart, and spirit. Did you ever see the Dutch film Antonia's Line? In my favorite scene, long tables laden with food have been set up end to end. A huge gathering of extended family that includes neighbors and friends has sat down together for dinner. In the midst of the happy jumble, one unmarried young woman, representing the third of four generations of the matriarch Antonia's line, announces that she is pregnant. There is barely a beat of silence and mayhem ensues. Everyone has an opinion and wants to be sure it has airtime. All at once and louder and louder. It is one of the scenes I describe when I'm asked, if there were a heaven, how might it be? I've watched this scene again and again with a mixed sense of longing and affirmation. I don't choose to be isolated with my own hard decision-making. I want to be part of a community in which we speak our truths in love and help one another. I want to gather with like-minded, like-hearted people and ask 
the hard questions in community. That is what draws me home to you and to Arlington Street and to Unitarian Universalism. I know that we may not all have the same answers or even answers at all, but I am deeply comforted that I am not alone in my asking. I count on you to join me in building this road as we walk on it together. My friend Atema Eklai grew up in Kenya's Rift Valley. She refers to her childhood playmates as her age mates. In her village, it's an important grouping with responsibility for one another's moral development. I asked Atema how the children were punished among her people. She responded with a story. If one of us stole a watch, she said, it would be all of our responsibility. He stole because we failed him. Each of us would sit with the hard questions. How did my age mate get to the point that he would break covenant with us? What are the ways in which I personally am responsible for having allowed this to happen? The age mates would gather in a large circle with the elders looking on. Each age mate would speak about their relationship with the thief each individual expressing remorse for how they had fallen short in their support for him. Rather than push the offender away, they would draw him in. In the end, the elders would guide the age mates in a determination of the corrective course of action, and all would agree to abide by the collective decision. Can you imagine? I want to imagine it, and I want to worship and work together, pray and play together toward the end that a way to healing, both for ourselves and for the world, might be clear. What difficult decision might you be facing? Are you asking yourself, should I make this commitment? keep this commitment? Should I make this move? How can I make this right? How can I get through this and move on? Over and over again, I have lived this truth. As isolated and confused as we may feel with our own hard decisions to make, chances are that someone has gone through it before us. And if that someone's not here in this community, someone knows someone who has walked that way and will help us. My spiritual companions, I invite you to join me in the determination to deepen our connections with one another, to enjoy the fruits of our investment in this beloved spiritual community by opening our hearts to one another and in seeking out one another to talk about hard decisions and other difficult things. Who knows how much goodness was born of despair? Let us not despair.
We are here together for one another and for the world. <laughs>